It is time once again for another edition of Penn Live's Blue White Breakdown podcast, Penn State Football Podcast. I am Bob Flounders. Uh, Greg Pickle joining me remotely. The Zoom calls are still working, Greg. Um, if I seem like I'm a, I have a little bit more of a little, uh, a little bit more upbeat, it's the weather, Greg. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it feels like it's almost 60 degrees out now in Harrisburg. Take this on a Wednesday at 11 o'clock um, in the morning. Tomorrow it's going to be in the 70s. Greg, in a, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that next Wednesday when it's St. Patty's Day, it's not going to be 75 degrees because I think restrictions or no restrictions, Greg, I think people might lose their minds if it was that warm on St. Patty's Day. But that we'll get to that next week. We're going to get to that next week. Uh, before we get into it's going to be a lot of recruiting we're going to talk about uh, on this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. Dave Jones and I are going to be back later this week to talk about who knows what we're going to talk about, but uh, he's kind of a wild card. Greg, first of all, happy birthday to Lola, your golden retriever. Turned four over the weekend. I heard the birthday party you had for her was a smash success. Uh, I know there'll be many, many more. She's a very good-looking dog, very well-fed, healthy-looking dog. I hope she enjoyed her birthday. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. All these Penn State fans who always share their Penn State dog photos with us, no one told me it was a bad idea to have multiple dogs at the house at one time. Uh, that was a learning experience, but we got through it. The house is not in too much disarray, and uh, she's now out at the groomer getting cleaned up, and we're here to talk Penn State football. Yeah, awesome. I mean, and you're getting, you're getting her groomed at just the right time. It's about to be shedding season, so... Hopefully you'll get some of that taken care of. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to pass along my birthday, which is to Lola. I always enjoy seeing her. Greg, uh, let's just get into this. Uh, um, you know, Penn State's 2021 signing class is in the books. We uh, Last month around this time, there was uh, the, the, the second signing day. But man, there's a lot of buzz, Gregory, about this 2022 James Franklin Penn State football class and, you know, before before the latest news, Greg, um, everyone liked this class with the addition of a very talented four star quarterback, pro style quarterback from Ohio. I want to make sure you gave me the heads up. Drew Allure, that I believe is the correct spelling. Allure. I think you told me that phonetically is correct. Hopefully. I sure hope so, Bob, because I've been pronouncing it wrong all week. I, I just rechecked my text. You said the emphasis is on the second, the second part of uh, the spelling. I'm going to look at it. Drew, it is uh, yeah, it's Drew Allure. So if Drew, if you're if you're new to the podcast, uh, hopefully we got your name right. Anyway, I know I know I'm burying the lead here. Greg, people are very excited about this four-star quarterback, great size, and I think he, I think the telltale sign that. Um, this is going to be a chance to be a really good player is, you know, it's not only the people who specifically cover Penn State recruiting that really like the potential of this kid. I've, I've seen nationally uh, a lot of people believe this, this, this quarterback has a chance to be one of the top quarterbacks overall uh, in the 2022 class. I'll give you the floor. Uh, what can you tell the fan base about Drew? Uh, what do you like about him? 
does he remind you of any quarterback you've seen play at Penn State? He seems to be similar in size to some quarterbacks I've seen. But what do you like about Drew? Well, I think when you look at his tape, Bob, he can do a little bit of everything. And, I mean, you don't need to be a football-watching savant to kind of put two and two together here. And it's that a very good uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for a long time now, Mike Yersich, targeted this Mm -hmm. kid pretty much the second he got onto campus. And he even had his eye on him when he was at Texas. And it's not that Ohio, you know, it's not that Texas doesn't recruit Ohio. Of course it does. It recruits nationally. But I think that tells you all you need to know about what kind of player Mike Yurchich thinks uh, that drew a lore, a lore, you know, it, it is what it is. We're just going to pronounce it. However we pronounce no, it. Just, we'll, just we'll, think about, just think about the word allure as a, she, she is a very alluring wife. I'm talking about your wife, Maddie, you have a very alluring golden retriever named Lola. Just think it, about it's, it. It's, that yeah. So it's, it's a lore actually my phonetic, what I oh, said was not right. So you idiot. Yes. <laughs> now I'm a deep, Deep trouble. Yeah. Deep trouble. Thanks, Greg. I, I will take all the blame on yeah. this one. But I just yeah, read my text. You killed me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so when you look at what uh, Mike Yurtich wants in a quarterback, he told us when his first media session was held kind of the things he looks for, a quarterback with good feet, good eyes, accurate. Of course, that's what everybody wants. But, you know, he can do a little bit of everything. And Penn State badly, sorely needed to – four-star quarterbacks in this class and now they have it with of course Bo Prabola the Central York quarterback in the mix as well they only have three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster there's only one with any significant game experience it's not crazy to think that this could be Sean Clifford's last season at Penn State so when you put it all together they better have enough guys to compete for this job at this time next year regardless of what Sean Clifford decides to do and or what he does you know maybe he's so good this year he stays next year I don't know we'll see but at any rate they needed it they got it done obviously they must hold on to these guys but I don't know if I see that being a huge issue they both seem to be pretty well enamored with the Nittany Lions and you know again I think it says all you need to know that Yurcich was pretty much from the time he got here on this guy pretty hard okay Drew Alar, right, yeah. Greg? Okay. All right. I, I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth. Drew Alar. Let me just ask you this, Greg. If Mike Yursich isn't Penn State's offensive coordinator and it's still Kirk Shiraka, do you see any way would, – would Drew still be a Penn State verbal? I would yeah, – I'm going to say no just because, you know, Kirk Shiraka – now, who knows? This was one of the rising – the fastest rising – uh, quarterback recruits in the country. I mean, he shot up the rankings. He has a chance to shoot up the rankings even higher. You know, places like Notre Dame and schools all over the country came into the mix on him after Penn State offered. So there's not, it's not crazy to think that if Mike Yersich was elsewhere or if Notre Dame had offered that Penn State may have got into the mix with Kirk Shiraka. But you know, I think this is just – I don't want to make this a, a statement that says Kirk Scirocco couldn't recruit or he didn't know what he wanted, but I think it's easier to sell Penn State's uh, outlook on offense now than it would have – you know, with Mike Yersich than it would have been with Kirk Scirocco, which, again, you'll just always sit here, I think, and wonder what exactly the point of hiring Kirk Scirocco was. I, I, just, I just can't help but to think back to those comments James Franklin made about – 
it being a better fit with Mike Yurcich and, and all that as if he didn't make the decision, but that's here nor there. Um, no, I, I don't think he would be at this point. No. Okay. I had a funny feeling uh, you might say that. So that leads me to the next recruiting tidbit. Uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, there's going to be some visiting of state college. Um, let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope it's scheduled to be this weekend. Drew Alar, the four star, uh, quarterback. Not this weekend. No, Bob, not this weekend. All right. Two weekends. No, June. Oh, it's in June. All right. Yes. I got to get my game. I got to get my A game back together. I swear I just read a story about a, a official visit weekend coming up. June, he's going to visit with Bo Prabula. All right. There's going to be some other people at this, uh, at this, at this uh, weekend as well. What does it mean for Penn State to have uh, some, 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 some kids back on campus? James always talks about getting the kids on campus is a great way to sell the program, a, a great way to, to close the deal. So what, when they do set foot on campus, if it's in whether it's this week, probably not, but in June, most likely, what, is it, what does it mean for Penn State to have these guys visit? Yeah, so the hope here, of course, is that the current NCAA dead period that's been in effect since just about this time last year that runs until May 31st expires June 1st, and that way kids can visit campus at least in June, presumably in July, and then maybe even in August before the season starts. So, yeah, they're looking at bringing in some uncommitted guys uh, the weekend of like June 11 through 13. One of those kids, Nick Singleton, the four-star running back at Governor Mifflin, just put Penn State and a bunch of other power programs in his top nine on <laughs> Tuesday night. And then at the end of the month, June 25 through 27, I believe, that's what you're getting at. They're looking at having a lot of the commits in town then. And of course, whether or not they can have the commits and other uncommitted targets will kind of depend on what the rules are at that point in time uh, in terms of capacity limits and things like that. And again, assuming that the NCAA does let the dead period turn to a quiet period or even a contact period on June 1st, as many expect they will. But yeah, you're right, Bob, getting those kids back to campus. I mean, we've heard multiple times now from numerous coaches between um, the start of the Zoom conference calls, which was, I think, April of last year, and now, where, of course, they continue, how many times we've heard coaches talk about recruiting and also mention that, you know, it's really a challenge when you can't have guys on campus and you can't bring them and show them what many think is the best part of Penn State's recruiting pitch. So, uh, obviously, this is huge for them and everybody else, and it is going to be one crazy summer, uh, Bob, on the recruiting trail between visits offers, commitments, decommitments, flips. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen, I think. Is Drew Alar the best kid to date in Penn State's class, or do you like another player better just in terms of potential? You know, it's a good question. I mean, I think you can – you need the guys that they have committed in this class to win – but with the two, you know, you need a quarterback. You need a – I just don't see any way around that at this point. I'm not saying anything that everyone out there doesn't know. But, you know, you need good receivers, great receivers, to great tight ends. Penn State has that. You need a guy who can anchor your offensive line. Penn State has that. Same with a, you know, defensive end. You need a great pass rusher. They have that in this class so far too. But if you have all those pieces and you don't have a quarterback that can get the job done, a lot of times, more often than not, it – I don't want to say you're wasting uh, those guys' talent, but you're probably not going to get to where you want to go with the way the game is played. So now Penn State has two four-stars. So I'll combine them, Bob, and say, yeah, they're the most the two most important guys. 
in this class, does it look like Drew is maybe more, you know, he's probably going to end up ranked higher. Does that mean, you know, is that the end all be all? No. Um, but they need one of these guys to hit. It'd be pretty difficult, I think, to bring in two four-star quarterbacks who I believe would have to be the two highest rated quarterbacks uh, brought in in the James Franklin era. I could be wrong about that. And Look, they've brought in some guys in years past who were four stars that have not worked out as planned. It's really a, if you go, this is not what you asked, but if you go back and look at the recruiting the at the quarterback position over the last handful of years, it has always looked uh, better on paper than it did when the final results came through in a lot of ways. So I don't want to put the, the cart too far ahead of the horse, but Bob, with these two guys, if you get two players and both sign and you get them in here early, which it seems like both want to enroll in January and you get them rolling. I mean, it's the kind of thing that can change your program. If one of them steps up and plays like you expect. So uh, yeah, I'll lump those two together, but say for sure, there's no doubt that the answer to that question is yes. Okay. You're listening to the blue white breakdown podcast, Penn lives, Penn state football podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, Greg Pickle with me talking recruiting we're almost halfway through this thing. I've already butchered Drew's name. I've got it right now. It was really Greg's fault, Drew Alar. Um, I got the recruiting weekend horribly wrong. It's actually the last weekend in June, I believe, the 25th through the 27th. It's not this weekend coming up. But I'm going to finish this podcast strong. Greg, before we get to uh, your, your – you had a chance to talk with Anthony Poindexter, uh, Penn State's new safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator, along with Dave Jones. He, he wrote something as well. One last Penn State football question for you. It's trivia. I know you're not ready for it. I saw on, I think I saw on Twitter, uh, Drew, Drew was wearing the number 14, I think, for his committed verbal commitment thing. I'm almost positive I have that right. Greg, how many Penn State quarterbacks that have been either famous or infamous in the past, can you name who have worn the number 14 at Penn State? Christian I'm thinking Hackenberg. of three. Christian Hackenberg. You got the other two. Oh, all right. Todd Blackledge wore number yes. 14 yep. at Penn State. And, of course, Anthony Morelli yes. wore number 14 at Penn State. So you went one for three, so that's not great. That's a failing grade. <laughs> um, but let's move on to Anthony Poindexter. You had a chance uh, via Zoom to talk with him on Monday. Dave Jones was on the call as well. I read Dave's story about Anthony and kind of the safety that he was in college when he was a two-time All-American at Virginia. And the safety, he, the way that he played the game as well as he played it, the game has evolved and you have to be much more uh, nimble in space, ability to cover, versatile. He acknowledged that it's a different game maybe than the game he played, Greg. But he, uh, he's coming here from Purdue. Was there one or two takeaways that stood out from his point from his uh, presser that you kind of picked up on that you think the fan base would like to know? Yeah, unfortunately, it was a lot of vague kind of general stuff, and that's because he's only been on campus for about a week uh, before he talked to us, so he didn't really want to comment with good reason on a lot of the guys that he's just getting to know. But, you know, clearly he's happy that Jaquan Brisker has decided to come back and he thinks he can be really good. He said he started to build a relationship with Jonathan, Jonathan Sutherland, and, you know, we'll see what those guys do during spring practice. Ultimately, to me, he has two – major uh, priorities here now that he's a member of James Franklin's staff and that's 
improving the pass coverage of the safeties because we know that most of the most of the last couple of years they've been pretty good in run support but pass coverage has been a bit of a challenge at times so I think that's priority number one and then priority two is getting Penn State a little bit more of a foothold in that Maryland Delaware Washington DC Virginia recruiting territory I know that they've done pretty well there over the years but with Tyler Bowen leaving someone has to step in and fill that void He's recruited it. He's obviously played there. So I, I think Anthony Poindexter is the right guy for that job. So those two things are kind of the, the highlights for me. We'll see how things shake out. But, yeah, interesting guy who obviously has had a heck of a playing career and has done a lot throughout his coaching career so far. And it's very much like the Taylor Stubblefield hire. I mean, it's a guy that did it at a really high level in college. And what can he do um, to teach those guys what he did in, you know, his playing days? So I think it went really well in year one with Taylor Stubblefield, all things considered. I mean, obviously, Jahan Dotson was outstanding and some of the younger receivers were impressive. So if Poindexter can get maybe Brisker to do a Jahan Dotson impression, and I don't know if that's totally fair because I think <laughs> Brisker was – Brisker was an All-American by somebody, so <laughs> yes. that's not exactly fair. Okay. But uh, if he can get somebody to take – a couple of guys, really, to take that kind of a step forward, um, Penn State's going to be in a much better shape when it comes to defending the pass in 2021. Absolutely, and I'm going to tee you up on that very category, Greg. Enzo Jennings, second year at Penn State now, played very sparingly in 2020. He was – in, in the 2020 class, Greg, he was a very high-ranked athlete. I think after you got past Curtis Jacobs, the young linebacker Penn State likes, and Theo Johnson, who emerged during the second half of the season as a tight end in Penn State's two tight end set. I think Enzo Jennings was right below those guys, maybe in terms of uh, rank prospects. What, what about maybe Anthony just getting him – up to speed was Enzo a guy that when you, when they were assembling the class that you were pretty high on and do you think you're going to learn a lot about Anthony's ability to develop young safeties with watching him maybe work with a guy like Enzo Jennings this year yeah I don't think there's any question you know between Enzo Jennings who we saw a little bit I believe at the end of last season it may have been I want to say it was the Illinois game, but it could have been the one before that. I think he got a little bit of playing time, and I'll be really interested to see what kind of jump he makes in year two. The same goes for Tyler Rudolph, who's a guy that thought maybe might play a little bit more last season, didn't end up necessarily being the case. So curious to see what he can do. And then Jair Brown's the other one. You know, he got a shout-out from Poindexter on – social media the other day for the winter workouts and you can sometimes take those or leave it for for what it is but when they shared the photo of him Bob he looked bigger than he did the last time we saw him so I think you know if he made the kind of offseason jump that Brisker did uh, from year one to year two then he might be a guy that we were talking more about in July and August compared to now so yeah I think those three guys all a little bit different experience wise and age wise but yeah a lot of people are going to be watching during spring practice to see where Enzo Jennings is at based on where he was uh you know coming out of high school and as a recruit okay let's conclude this edition of the blue blade breakdown with a little discussion about a former Penn Live employee that's right I think I can say that because it's true uh, Adam Brenneman, the former Penn State Penn State tight end, who uh, 
played a couple of years at Penn State, had some knee issues. Everyone knows that. Took some time off, actually briefly retired, uh, re-emerged at UMass and played at an All-American level for a couple of years, was actually an All-American before his knee problems surfaced again. Greg, it was almost literally a year ago. It was right before the pandemic, unfortunately, uh, got very, very, very serious. He made the decision. He was a political consultant working in Harrisburg. He made a decision to give college coaching a try. He was an offensive grad assistant for Herm Edwards at Arizona State. And after one year with the Sun Devils, Herm elevated him to tight ends coach, an assistant coaching job. He's he's still 25. He turns 26 at the end of this month. But that's a that's a pretty big leap for a young uh, coaching prospect to make in one year. He's really excited. I had a chance to talk about him. We have a story about how Adam's doing out in, uh, he lives in Scottsdale uh, with Arizona State. That's a team that's pretty exciting. They have a pretty veteran coaching staff. They have some young talent. They finished two and two, Greg. Uh, just your thoughts on Adam Brenneman uh, being a position coach at such a young age. As far as we can tell, that's almost a great indicator that if he wants to pursue this, and it, he told me he does, um, it sure seems like, Greg, he's got a very bright future in the sport of coaching. He's a guy, we talked about Taylor Stubblefield, we talked about Poindexter, guys that players can look at to see, hey, they did it at a very high level, uh, and now they're going to coach me. Uh, Penn State, I mean, Arizona State kids, don't have, they can see the tape of Adam at UMass, even at Penn State. That's got to be a really nice, I think, recruiting tool for Adam in his tool chest as he tries to establish himself as a recruiter as well. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it, Bob. I mean, I don't, I can't say with any degree of certainty that he's the youngest uh, FBS position assist, position coach assistant, but I have to think, I don't yeah. know how much younger they could get, frankly. I mean, it was interesting yeah. in your story, which you can find penlive.com slash Penn State football, sign up for the Penn Live Sports Insider. You'll get it there. Uh, you know, when I was interested, I've always wondered what the connection was. And it was a strength coach yeah. that was the connection between him and Arizona State and Herm Edwards. So that makes more sense now. A lot of other good details from Adam, including what life is like on the other recruiting side of the fence. He was a highly coveted recruit and wanted by everyone. And now he's trying to do the inverse and be the school that goes after those highly coveted guys and that are wanted by everyone. And how do you stand out? So that was interesting too. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you and I have known Adam for a long time, great communicator, great guy, uh, obviously very intelligent about the game of football and life in general. So it doesn't surprise me that he's having this kind of success so soon. And you're right. I mean, the sky's kind of the limit for him when you're a position coach at this age. And if you develop some guys at this age, I mean, you're talking about, you hear about these guys who, you know, are kind of the young savants and they get coordinator jobs at 28 and head coaching jobs at 30. I mean, that's the kind of track he could be on. And, you know, again, he always has been uh, very good about uh, just everything you need to do to keep moving forward. So none of this is really a surprise, but certainly a lot of good details in there. And uh, obviously he's doing well out in Arizona. Yeah. Adam was a member of Bill O'Brien's 2013 recruiting class. Greg, there was another five-star in that recruiting class. And I'm going to ask you one more trivia question that I'm that I think you're going to get right. Is Christian Hackenberg the top quarterback coach in all of high school football in America? 
in Winslow Township, New Jersey. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, hey, good for him. He's yeah. working down there with Bill Belton yeah. at Bill Belton's uh, high school, um, yeah. which, yeah, for some reason I wanted to say he went to Timber Creek, but that's not right. So no, Winslow Township, you got it. Yep. So, no, good for him. That's pretty neat. Um, obviously, that will attract some attention to that school with those two working together there. And I know we will be interested in following how that goes, because I know at one point Christian was looking into a baseball career. I guess that is no more. But, hey, he um, he has a lot of coaching connections. I know when you and Joe Hermit went down to Fork Union back when he was in high school, oh, yeah. um, you know, the stories that you guys told down there kind of mentioned the coaching tree that he grew up under and around and with so for him to go into coaching certainly I don't think it's a surprise to anyone yeah so you never know we're going to talk about Hackenberg and Brenneman together again on the same podcast but they're both kind of branching out a little bit nicely different parts of the country I think Scottsdale Arizona no offense to New Jersey residents is a little bit nicer than Winslow Township uh, at this time of year so I advantage Adam Brenneman but we're going to check back. We'll be checking in on both of those guys, Greg. We're going to wrap up this podcast just real quick. I know we usually do it halfway through, but just tell the audience to, where to where to find us, where to rate us, and how they can get more of us if they really want that. That's right, Bob. This is episode one of two this week of the Penn State oh, Blitz. You can find 100. all of them because you and Dave Jones are back at the end of the week. But you can find all of them, penlive.com slash Football is where you find the stories. Uh, get your app wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. You can find our audio there. And uh, the videos are at youtube.com slash allpennstate. 